Hey, Rafael, how is it going? Hello, Adam. Very happy to be here. Feel honored to be here. Thank <laughs> you so much for the invitation. And Rafael is pronounced correctly? Yes, Rafael. Rafael, okay. Yeah. What was your first computer? Interesting question. My first computer was a Celeron, 800 gigahertz. Uh -huh. And there was 64 megas of uh, memory. And there was 10 gigas of um, storage. So it wasn't a very strong computer. But I could do some fun things there. You have plenty of RAM. Because my first was Pentium. But I had only, I think, 8 megs of RAM. Then I upgraded to 16. But you already had 64 megs of RAM. But your Celeron, it was less powerful than Pentium. So it is interesting con uh, combination with, you know, uh, not that good CPU, but uh, plenty of RAM. Yes, well, well, now that you mentioned about Pentium, I don't remember if it was a Pentium uh, 2 or a Celeron. <laughs> because Celeron was, uh... Celeron was like the cheap alternative of Pentium, right? This was like... Uh, it has something was it was not as good as Pentium, right? Yeah, you know, it wasn't that good, no. <laughs> okay. What you did with it? Well, I did many things. So when I got my computer, the mm -hmm. internet era was starting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was connecting to the internet. I was uh, doing some research. I was, you know, doing teenager things. Um like, uh, I was, well, I think there wasn't even YouTube when I started using mm -hmm. uh, the internet. But some interesting things that I did there, like I started uh, being uh, curious about, mm -hmm. um, you know, I used to play a lot of games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was interested in knowing how I would be able to create a game. Okay. And then I downloaded a very interesting software called RPG Maker. RPG Maker, and okay. RPG Maker. And that was my first contact with programming. Mm -hmm. And I basically... So there was a very nice UI. Mm -hmm. And I was able to create uh, characters. And I was able to create story. And I was doing programming, but I didn't know I was doing programming. And the programming language behind the scenes for RPG Maker is uh, Visual Basic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when I was programming, doing simple things there, I noticed that there was some very important words for programming, like variables and switch. You know, mm -hmm. for example, when you press a button in somewhere, you would mm -hmm. uh, activate some kind of events. So. I was doing that, and I didn't even know that was programming. Like those are very crucial uh, concepts from programming. Mm -hmm. One is variable. So basically, uh, with my character, I was counting how many chests uh, my character was opening, and then I was using a variable, a global variable in the game, to count how mm -hmm. many chests my character was uh, opening. And the other thing is that I was using the event concept and didn't even know it was mm -hmm. a programming concept. And other than that, I was even used the for looping because uh, 
like when I was programming the like the, the whole thing, uh, of course there was a UI helping me out with that. But for example, I was making the characters walk uh, mm-hmm. and they were using a for loop in there or a while okay. looping. Yes. And there was conditions. So there was everything. So I was programming. I didn't even know I was programming. So it was fun. I took a look. This RPG maker is still, still around. Yes. It's a very mature tool. And you can create mature games with that. Uh, uh-huh. You have everything uh, ready for you. And you can have a lot of fun. It's still amazing. with Visual Basic, you know it right now? Probably, yes. Because they created the whole tool in Visual Basic. So crazy. When was it? 2000? Well, yeah, 2000. Somewhere around that, yes. It's been a while. And uh, was your game good? Well, I was working the game most for myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't publish the game or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a comedy game. Like, I was like using some humor in the game. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was... Um, also using some concepts that I enjoyed in other games, like in Pokemon. Like you have to have a specific power to go through uh, mm-hmm. an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And other games like Zelda or, you know, all of those uh, well-known games. So, How much time do you spend, you know, programming the game? A lot of time. I was doing that uh, very often. Like, I think, well... I was working in that game for maybe more than two years. Wow. And how many hours per week or per day? or Maybe three hours a day or something like that. Crazy. I don't remember. So you were really persistent. So you were actually full into it. Yes. Yes. I I did a uh, good amount of work with these two. With, like, it took time for me to learn as well. And mm-hmm. I was learning programming on that too, and I didn't even know that I was. Yeah, yeah, these uh, are great. I think it's the best, right? Without you know, learn something without even recognizing that this is actually hard work what you are doing. And uh, I, I mean, global variable. So, did you actually hit the limit what you can do because of the complexity? I can imagine it would be really hard to manage the entire thing in one point of time. So there was lots of refactoring going on. So, well, in this tool, everything mm-hmm. was managed to me. Yeah, so, sure. But I mean, you have to still know if you have 100 variables, you will still have to know to over to have an overview of what actually happens in the game. Debugging could be hard. Yeah. But yeah, like I wasn't coding exactly. Mm-hmm. So the game had kind of a friendly UI. Mm-hmm. And I was manipulating those variables. Um, like the game had a very smart way mm-hmm. to manipulate those variables. And I was also isolating those variables. So the variable to uh, for the chess would be only one for the whole game. Okay. And this variable would start with the value of zero in the okay. beginning. And it would, uh, it would be incremented. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on how many chests my character mm-hmm. would open. Because then okay. I would allow some events to happen, for okay. example. And was it, like, appealing from, you know, from the uh, from the graphics? Or, I mean, two years. Was it, like, playable? So did you... Yes. 
your 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 friends know enjoyed the game or was just you or yeah my games <laughs> sorry uh, my uh, my friends enjoyed the game a lot mainly because it was you know there was uh, I can imagine teenager there yeah, there was a lot of humor in yeah. the game and it was kind of you know um, it, it was it was funny and um, yeah people enjoyed to play the game because they would laugh a lot yeah why so, you didn't publish the game. Because I didn't finish it. Oh. So, yeah, I was... Maybe... I, I was thinking uh, in a huge game. Mm-hmm. So, I had in mind a huge game. Mm-hmm. And if I was to implement everything I had in mind, it would take much longer than what I expected. So You will uh, still be I, not done, right? I suspect. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so why you stopped or what happened after the game? So, and that's a good question. Uh, I stopped because maybe I had other things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I changed focus. And I didn't finish it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I changed focus. To what? Well, at the time, I don't really remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, maybe it was it was in the time of my college. I don't remember exactly, but I changed focus. I was doing something else, and I left the game kind of. Yeah. Uh, so then, what was your decide. next, you know, programming experience then? Then I started. Then I was curious about hacking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I never did anything to harm anyone else. I was doing that only for learning, mm-hmm. and I got curious. I was. I was uh, thinking, okay, how can I hack someone? Mm-hmm. How can that even be possible? And then I started doing some research, and I learned, you know, beginner's technique, like um, creating a fake page. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a very, well, there was a very popular social media in Brazil called Orkut from Google. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it died. I forgot about it. It died. Yeah, yeah. It, uh-huh. it died already. So there was a simple technique to create a fake page, an Orkut fake page. Uh-huh. And there was, I also learned that, uh, like doing this research, that uh, no system is 100% um, secure. Yeah. So that, that is the, the first lesson I learned uh, when it was. Um, researching about hacking mm-hmm. and I learned that the first hacker in the world was he did the hacking with the, the telephone mm-hmm. so he, he just used social engineering and basically what I did I created this fake page and I used some social engineering and I got mm-hmm. some passwords but I didn't okay. do anything of, of course I didn't do anything I was just testing it like it was just a, a PHP script and I would have to change the email in this mm-hmm. script to uh, my mail because I would get the password. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to use some social engineering. And then I would say, okay, can you see my video there? And then um, I would get the password. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I didn't do anything with that. But okay. how it was many, how a many fun pa- experience. How many puzzles do, uh, have you got back then? I think I got um, almost 10 passwords or more. Okay. So it actually worked well. It works, yeah. Social engineering works very well. 
Uh, and of course, nowadays there are so many more advanced techniques than that. But this is somehow boring, right? And my social engineering is just tricks. So what I was interested in hacking is how how really how I can exploit a CPU or whatever, no? But this is really hard. But social engineering, yes. of course, it works, right? If I send you now fake, you know, invitation to my podcast, you will click on it, and uh, I could hack you, of course. But this is a, no difference than I will I could trick you, know, with your money on the street without the computer, right? So this is just uh, not that exciting, I would say. Exactly. I was uh, researching other tools as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember you know, the, the name memory of the overflow, tool. how they do it, and you know all the stuff is far more interesting. But uh, of course, you know, we yes. spent days is even worse than programming your game, right? I, I assume after you no know, two two years of research, maybe you <laughs> achieve something. So, and it's not yeah, even funny right. at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I was also checking other tools like uh, Key uh, Logger and those things, but I didn't go very deep into that. Mm -hmm. Like it was just okay. I just had some research. And How you got the tests. idea? You you saw a movie or what? Was you saw Matrix or what, what was the? <laughs> I don't really remember. It's been so much time, but uh, I don't so know. So much I, time. What happens? I mean, this was not like nineteen uh, fifties, right? So it was like uh, ten years ago. <laughs> well, it was like twenty years ago, I think. 20, ah, okay, 15 maybe years. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what happened then? So okay, you, you after hacking, you 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 had the ten passwords. What was the next, you know, uh, the next uh, programming achievement? Then I started. I learned how to create some simple scripts with Visual Basic, mm -hmm. and you know, it was it was just opening some, uh, like, how can I say? Um, mm -hmm. What's the name again? Opening like just, uh, just a JG option panel. I don't know the name of that other language. The, the dialogue, like, you mean? The, the a dialogue, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just opening a dialogue mm -hmm. in, in a for looping. It was something very basic. So before the college, I was doing very basic things. I mm -hmm. didn't go deep into any concept. But when I started college, then, okay, then I started going more deep into mm -hmm. programming concepts. Okay. Yeah, and they started uh, computer science, it seems like, right? No, I did oh. systems information. Yeah, similar. I mean, there's no difference, I guess, right? Uh, there is difference because uh, computer science, you go, yeah. it's lower level. Okay. And systems information is more focused on basically creating systems. You don't, you don't uh, learn lower level things like in computer science, like uh, building a compiler or things as such. The question is, what is more useful? Maybe, you know, system information even more useful because you don't even, you don't need always, you know, the low level stuff. Oh, you have a nice mark. I saw, you know, a huge Java mark. So I, the listeners won't see this, but uh, this is uh, the <laughs> most, most incredible stuff. How, how big is it? Two liters or what? Thank you. No, it's, it has half a liter. Ah, uh, so Java. So this is the so you know, Java. So so Java. Okay, this is the yes, official from mark so from some from Java user group. Okay. Yes. Designed by Bruno Souza, I think, right? Souza, Souza is his yeah, name. Yeah, Bruno right? Souza. Yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so um, 
Okay, so um, I can imagine Visual Basic. So um, that that is fun. You know, starting dialogues. I think I remember. I did the same, just in a for loop, and it was you know, and it was curious what happens if I start you know one thousand of them, for instance. Yes, but back then there was not much, not much memory, so it was the fun was very short. So it, at least on, on my computer, so you had sixty four megs of RAM. I had just eight, then sixteen. So for me, it was very very fast. You know, game over. Okay. And uh, system information, why you started to study this? So you knew that, you know, uh, programming is exciting or what's the deal? Yeah, it was a funny story because actually before doing systems information, I was going to do web design. So uh -huh. I was going to do a very different course. Um, and then as you didn't have enough uh, students for mm -hmm. this course of web design, there was... Uh, um, the opportunity to study systems information instead, and then that's what I done. I started systems information, and oh, it was a very good decision. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess so. So, and um, <laughs> what you enjoyed the most, or was it a language, or no, in in your um, during your study time? Well, what I enjoyed the most was uh, programming. Mm -hmm. uh, so, which language first? You learned so. I started first with algorithms, so mm -hmm. we were doing, uh, like we weren't using any specific programming language, and the professor at the time, he was saying, no, you, you won't use any programming language because you have to learn how to do algorithms before using a programming language, and then that's what we did. We worked, we um, were solving difficult algorithms, mm -hmm. and... Then after that, we were learning Pascal. So my first programming oh, Pascal language. Is nice. mm -hmm. Yeah, first programming language that I learned in a, in a decent way was Pascal, mm -hmm. and it was great. I like Pascal to learn. It's a good programming language. Uh huh. Well, but I can imagine, you know, learning the algorithm is really dry without the language. At least for me. So for me, it was a lot lot easier. So I really enjoyed programming, but just to know. The dry algorithms on paper, I didn't appreciate it. So I always wanted to know to use the computer. Yeah, we were doing algorithms on paper. Like and you enjoyed that? On paper. I did because, well, programming behind the scenes is logic. Um, yeah, cool. But of course, you enjoyed. I, yeah, but of course, the, <laughs> I was having much more fun uh, writing the program. Yeah. Like I was having a lot of fun uh, writing an algorithm in Pascal and seeing the output and seeing, uh, you know, the, the the flow of the program, it was so much fun. It, it remembers me of UML, Unified Modeling Language, where you, you know, have to draw boxes first, and then you are allowed to, to, to write some programs. So similar approach, right? You know, still remember? Activity diagrams, sequence diagrams. Oh, yeah, we studied those things so much and never <laughs> used that, never used that in my career, so... But we studied that so much, like I was supposed to use things. that. I was supposed to use that, but for me, always if I draw the boxes and I started coding, I say, "Oh, I forgot this box," and the abstraction is different because if you code, you are forced to know to to think more about details. So that's the problem with the entire thing. You know, you can draw boxes and know, and you know, I was bubble don't crash, right? But if you really go into it, then you always you know think, okay, actually it's different. It's really hard, I think. To draw the boxes first, so I I always draw yes. drew you know the boxes afterwards, so try to reverse engineer you know the program, 
and then you know just um, hide the boxes which don't matter. And by the way, I do this still the same, and um, and then you know so okay, this is the concept, this is enough, and everything else can be deleted. Okay, so what happens after yes. you after you study? So, well, actually during my study, because mm -hmm. well, in Brazil, basically we are used to study and work mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's very common in Brazil to study during the night, uh, oh. during the evening. Yes, you study during the evening and you uh, work the, the full day. So I started my career in 2010. And mm -hmm. um, what did you study I, in, in Brazil? In on which university or where, where was it? It was in Sao Paulo, not a uh -huh. very well-known university. The name of the university was Universidade de Mogi das Cruzes. Oh, okay, this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 do, do, uh, are there multiple universities in Sao Paulo? Oh yeah, there are so many, so many okay. universities. Okay, yeah, so that was that. the one I did. Okay, and yeah, my first programming language that I worked with was PHP. Okay, yeah, and and you uh, yeah, this is from your hacking days already. So you enjoyed PHP actually, or you you preferred Turbo Pascal or, or Visual Basic or what? It was okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't like very much uh, because. You know, you have to code uh, in the middle of the HTML mm -hmm. code, and yeah. But at the time, it was kind of normal to do that. Yeah, like JSP, have... right? Yeah. So it was okay. okay. I liked it, but not so much. And and what you did, like a banking application or you know hacking? Uh... No, <laughs> I started as an intern in a small school, okay, uh, close to where I lived in Brazil. And I was just helping in uh, to, to build uh, a small website for a small school. Okay. So that was all. So it was. But a great job, uh, actually. No, if if you have it is actually some something you can completely achieve, and uh, and uh, people will and it actually worked. So where you know the students actually happy with your achievements. Yeah. Well, they were. Yeah. As I know you right now, were there any Easter eggs, you know, funny, funny functionality for these pupils and students? Funny functionalities? Uh, yeah, I don't because think I had any. I think, you know, we did some like a special button where the student can press and get, you know, immediately good notes or something like this, you know, or uh, more, vac <laughs> more vacations or, you know, school is out or close the school or something like this. Nothing. That would be good. No, no, I didn't do anything like that. No. This is, I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed. I think, you know, if you started as a hacker and, and, and now you build a serious apps for, for, for students without any humor. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just, you know, yeah, just normal work. <laughs> okay, so what was the next project then? So the next company I went was, well, I worked a little bit as uh, an IT support. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was fixing computers and doing those kind of things, but it wasn't really my stuff. Um, I, what I really liked to do was mm -hmm. to do coding mm -hmm. and was funny because most of the time that I was doing the work as an IT support, I was doing coding. Mm -hmm. So obviously it wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be 
coding. And then uh, I left this company mm -hmm. and then I went to another interesting company uh, in Brazil called Starsoft. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, they were building ERP, ERP okay. software. Mm -hmm. So there I learned a lot about uh, SQL queries. And I also started doing some work with uh, Visual Fox Pro. Okay. So, yes, interesting programming language is kind of an evolution of Clipper. Yeah. And uh, I did some work with this programming language. It wasn't very strongly object-oriented. So we were doing a lot of procedural coding there. Mm -hmm. But still, I was impressed because we were able to create a whole complex ERP software. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't using any cloud technology or anything like that. It was just very simple. It was a desktop application. And uh, Yeah. And, and I think there's still a future in such a thing, right? So I, I would say the Fed client, is, is, it, not everything has to be connected. I would say it can even switch in one point of time because, you know, the machines are more and more powerful. You could actually build perfect, perfectly reasonable apps without any connectivity, right? Exactly. I don't need to necessarily create your software in the cloud. Yeah. A desktop could solve the problem. Could it be enough? Yeah. No kidding. Like, for instance, Notes app, right? So if you have you know, a Notes app, you can just you know, um, keep everything locally and, uh, and, and just on demand chat with other devices. And the sharing could even happen peer-to-peer -peer without any cloud involvement, for instance, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So FoxPro is, uh, at, and Clipper were actually very successful in Europe. So lots of, you know, uh, applications were built on top of that. So why you quit the company then? Because there was because... lack of objects, <laughs> lack of objects, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a good answer. But actually, what I noticed is that uh, that uh, at the time, mm -hmm. if I was going to continue in that company, mm -hmm. my career would be that would be very okay. limited to Visual Fox Pro, yeah, because that was my own experience. And also in the meantime, I started doing. Uh, I started learning Java mm -hmm. in my college, and then I got very interested in Java. And I learned, okay, this programming language is very powerful. Mm -hmm. I understood that Java was being used in many, many, many companies, and mm -hmm. it was strong in the market. <coughs> Other than that, uh, I also enjoyed a lot the Java programming language. Why you and knew that Java is important and uh, why you started to learn it? So why, uh, well, I uh, mainly because, well, I liked the mm -hmm. Java programming language. And yeah, but still, you know, you like Java programming, but you have to start, right? You have to, in, to download. Oh, to study. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I started studying Java by myself. So. But why? Um, you, you, you. For my you, career. Okay, back then it was already clear that Java is the next thing, right? Or no? Yes, yes, it was clear to me that Java okay. would would be a game changer in my career. Okay, and so I thought, you yes. know, this Java w was new, but it was new. It you say 2010, so it was pretty old already, right? So you started with Java 5, maybe? Or yeah, later. Java 6. Java 6. Oh, okay, so this is understood. Because as I started Java, so Java was really new. And this was like, you know, people say, okay, this is the next big thing after C++. 
and it was not even it was oak so it was a really early pre preview so i started with jdk 1 oh, it was absolutely not clear to me that it will win but i really liked that so this was the question why but the java 6 was already clear that java is actually very popular language right yes java 6 uh was very popular and it was widely used in brazil in the companies then i said okay i know that if i really understand java it's gonna mm -hmm. be a game changer in my career and then I started buying books and I read the certification book from Kate Sierra. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very good learning. And other patents. than that, I did... A patents book, right? There's the, the, uh, the, there's a patent book from Kate Sierra or certification. Oh, there was another book called SJ, um, SCJP6. Uh, uh, Sun Certified Java Programmer or something like this, right? Yes. This is the yes. hardest certification, I think. Okay, but KCR is like patents head down, head head first or something like this, right? Head first patents. Yes. This was the... There was, mm -hmm. there was the head first as well, but I preferred this yeah. uh, other book. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I started also doing courses outside of my colleges, mm -hmm. outside of my college. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot uh, about Java and the frameworks and Java E. So... Mm -hmm. I was mainly studying those concepts. Okay, and and you had a project aside, or you just you know you just it was just theory for you. So it was mainly theory. I had just some toy projects, mm -hmm. which I don't remember exactly what they were doing. But yeah, I had some you know just some test projects just to see how, for example, JSF would work or uh, dependency injection would work. Like those simple things. Okay. Um, okay, and and th then you, what happened then? So you you became a master of Java e and Java, right? With uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you you switched the companies or 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 what was your, the next thing? So I'm already curious. Yeah. So after I got more prepared with Java and I knew some fundamentals of the Java programming language, then I went to look for a job. Uh, specifically with Java. And then I found a job. And in this first experience was a bit difficult because basically they were hiring trainees, okay. trainee developer, and they were trying to push those trainee developers uh, almost like as an intermediate developer. Okay. Sometimes even a senior. Like So they were... Um, they were demanding a lot from you, and the interview mm -hmm. was very hard. Like they was, they were asking lots of concepts from Java in their okay. tests, and um, they made difficult questions as well in the interview. But uh, well, uh, fortunately, I passed in this interview. It was my first experience, but it was very difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, but it was good because at least I got some experience with Java specifically. Yeah, and, and what projects you were involved in? So it's like a Mission Impossible or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Mission Impossible. It was, <coughs> well, it was not so difficult system. Uh, like it was uh, basically a system to sell books. Okay. Digital books. Like Amazon. So you built Amazon basically. 
Right? <laughs> I wish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so yeah. <laughs> we only have to build, you know, Amazon after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was much simpler than Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, we were using JBoss Scene. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was an interesting framework because it was creating the whole system for us. So mm-hmm. basically, we were creating the uh, database mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. And then from the database model, JBoss Scene would create the whole system. It would create, you know, the UI, the mm-hmm. backend, everything. Mm-hmm. But the code was horrible, mm-hmm. almost unmaintainable. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you use gen- generator for that or what? Yeah, we were like when I started in that company, they were doing that. And you know, I didn't have much experience. So no, no problem. So it means uh, your company created a generator, right? They were using JBoss Scene Generator. Ah, I didn't knew that because I also used or had to use back then Seam, but without code generation. So we built, you know, by hand the Seam UI. And the Seam 2 yeah. was a bit proprietary. It was the beginning of CDI. Yeah, beginning of CDI. There was injection, outjection, and bijection, I even remember. And mm-hmm. then Seam 3 happened. And Seam 3 was like, you know, CDI on steroids. This was the... The, the, the idea then. I assume it was Sim 1 or Sim 2, what you did. Yeah, I don't remember the version, but I know it was generating the whole code. It was generating uh-huh. everything. Yeah. So on what you did, uh, you just push, and, and you push the button basically, right? Generate the code, and you watch what happened, and you say, okay, now vacations. Kind of. So basically, uh, four trainees were hired to build this system. So uh-huh. it was myself and more three developers. Mm-hmm. And the problem was that the business requirements were <laughs> in the head of the manager. Mm-hmm. We didn't have documentation. Okay. And the manager wasn't very good with people. So it was, okay. yeah, very hard. Like, yeah, he was difficult manager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he didn't like to speak. This would be the best combination, you know. He had the, all the business rules in that, but didn't like to speak. And now you had, you know, to to create the application just with code generation. This would be uh, this would be mission impossible, actually, right? Exactly. That was that's because that's why it was so hard because we were only four trainees. We didn't have yeah. any senior developer <laughs> in our chain. So this is how crazy. could how could four trainees create a new system? And even without knowing the business requirements or even knowing deeply those frameworks, so yeah. the uh, the management there was just. <laughs> but uh, were you able at least to display a book somehow with a add to shopping cart or something? Yes, we were able to do. Uh, we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, I, we were even putting those uh, books images mm-hmm. in the cloud, mm-hmm. and like yeah, I had an interesting experience by doing that with um, the. The, the buckets in AWS. S3. Uh-huh. So, S3, yeah. Amazon S3. So, <laughs> yeah, for that so time was... with Seam, it was actually not bad. When was it? 2015 or what? 2012. This was really early. Because, um, I mean, maybe the bucket started 2006 or seven. I think. This was like, you know, early cloud days. And and the yes. uh, S3 buckets was your idea or, or manager's idea or... Manager's idea. He was talking about load balancer and all of those concepts. 
there's an interesting manager that he knows you know about load balance and buckets and well <laughs> I don't think so but I think he got the idea from the client the client was amazed with cloud technologies and the ah. clients told him it wasn't his idea. Ah, the manager was of you, your company manager, right? This was from your company, the manager. I thought yes. you, know, you, you were sold to a client. The client had a manager. Oh, this was from your company. Then, yes. then I can really imagine what happens. He was like, you know, he felt like an architect, right? Like the guru. Yeah. And he wasn't a uh, technical. Yeah. <laughs> this, tech. is, <laughs> this is the best combination ever. My God. This yeah, reminds was... me of a, pro of a project. Uh, I was earlier than yours. So my manager, it was actually the architect. Uh, you know JSF, right? So oh, uh, yeah. I worked a lot with JSF. Yeah. yeah. I, he, I wanted, he wanted from us that for performance uh, reasons, we always have to pre-compile JSF. Mm -hmm. And I said, what are you talking about? Why? I mean, this is even impossible. How we can pre-compile JSF? And he wrote papers how to do it, but he confused JSF with JSPs. And, uh, and and I couldn't explain you the difference. You know, yeah, yeah, I know JSPs, but let's pre-compile JSF. I said, okay, yeah, okay. And then ask me the one day, did you pre-compile JSF? As like, always, you know, uh, twice a day. So uh, this was uh, crazy. So there are lots of such stories, you know. <laughs> exactly. You said Star, Starsoft, right? Starsoft. You mentioned the company Starsoft. Starsoft, so, yes. Yet I already mentioned this on the podcast, but just for you, is, uh, I also worked for an interesting manager. And uh, there was Star Portal. And as I remember, the Star Portal came from Sun Microsystems as an early portal technology. And there were integration points. And he wanted that we integrate with the Star Portal. Portal. But mm -hmm. he couldn't pronounce it, or he pronounced it somehow uh, interestingly. And what I understood was Star Bottle. And I say, <laughs> what the hell is Star Bottle, right? So what is Star Bottle? And, and I asked him, no, wait a sec, no, it was not. He was supposed to write Star Portal. So the, he he was gathering the requirements and he misunderstood this. And he told me Star Bottle, this was. And I said, Star Bottle, are you sure? It's like, yeah, we have to integrate with Star Bottle. And I said, what is it? Yeah, you don't know what Star Bottle is? It's like, no, uh, but you have to integrate. So I say, Bottle? Maybe it's Genie, you know, Java Intelligent Network Infrastructure, because always the Genie, like, you know, the ghost in the bottle. And I say, is it Genie? I say, yeah, it's probably Genie. So, okay. And and then it turned out it was not Genie at all. It was a portal called Star Portal. But uh, he misunderstood this. This was his fault, because if you would told me, I would ask questions. But he, he was very, you know, confident it has to be Star Portal. Star Portal. And we were supposed to integrate with Star Portal. So... This was my story. So I also spent <laughs> time in crazy companies, not just you, you know. So this my is like God. millions of such <laughs> such such stories. Yeah, um, like you know, it's, it's it's not good to work with managers who are not technical. It's very difficult actually. It is actually uh, it is no problem if they are not technical and they they don't have to be technical. But what should not happen that they are not technical and they think they are very technical. This is the the problem because yes. sometimes you don't recognize that they don't know what they are talking about. And if you believe them and don't question, for instance, in one project, I still remember, you know, Swing still, right? Swing. You did yes. some Swing work? Yeah. I did, yeah. Uh, manager told us, we have to build an Excel table. And I said, okay, this is crazy amount of work. 
and say, yeah, we have to do it. So we research, you know, and then I, I, I said, this is impossible. And then I asked not the manager, rather the client, what do you need? And this was a table, just a table. So the Excel table was like, you know, he didn't knew better and explained us we need Excel. You know, but but the, you know, the difference between Excel and just a table is a huge difference. So we stopped all the evaluations. I remember Formula Formula One or something. It was a, t- a table, you know, smart tables in Java, whatever. And we just, you know, delivered us very straight swing table, very simple one, and everyone was happy. And we told the manager, this is, of course, an Excel table, and he was also happy, and the client was happy, and everyone was happy. So the question is, the first question was really interest me, how long you spend at the company? Not so much time. Ah, I thought so it was time. longer. This was fun. No, no, no. No, because the project was cancelled and oh. many people were uh, let go after okay. that. So uh, most of the team that I was in mm-hmm. were let go. So um, I stayed there for, I don't know, it was six months. Okay, not that bad. So what was the next project Was uh, after, after this experience? You, you still like Java or say, okay, this is just crazy stuff happening here? No, I liked Java, yeah, okay. for sure. I love Java, yeah. And, uh, no, I knew that that was a specific okay. situation and, you know, mm-hmm. and I was too very interested in Java. And then I went to a company called CAS and they were building a system for, um, it was an, an electricity system, basically. Oh, okay. Power Yeah, grid. so they... Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Power grid, yeah. So it was interesting experience there. We were, you know, we weren't using uh, frameworks from the market. We were using instead internal frameworks. Okay. And yes, we were we were using EXT actually. EXT, like it was kind of a, a JavaScript. A framework to build the UI, mm-hmm. but the thing is that we were encapsulating EXT in Java code. Oh, XJS. I yeah, I think yeah, that's the name. Okay. EXTS, yes. EXTJS, um, and it was EXTJS, yes, and it was proprietary license. It was open source first, and then became proprietary, right? I think so. I'm not Sencha. sure. Sencha, I think Sencha is the company. No, I don't know. Was it the end I never build? liked it. What was it the end build invo- involved? So you have to build with end the entire stuff. We were using ant, yes. Yeah, I think it was we, the time, okay. Some of my clients are still we were using, using ant. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I hate Interesting. Ant, like. But uh wait a sec. In two thousand three to maybe two thousand six I spent time in a company, also Power Grid, and they also built everything, you know, internally. And I had a chat with them, and they, they, there was actually a reasonable strategy because what they believed in is that if they build, let's say, a database from scratch and something, you know, that then they have complete influence about the bugs, you know, and about they can completely control the software. And they had a kind of NoSQL database uh, written in C, and it actually worked. It, it worked for years. So it was really impressive. And uh, the entire strategy of the company is uh, we only use because of power grid for power plants. I mean, for the, for, for the energy, right, sector. So if we can build everything from scratch, you can, we can control it. And, and then we introduced Whitefly. So I, I introduced actually JBoss. There was no Whitefly back then, just JBoss. So in the strategy, there was, okay, 
JBoss is huge. They cannot just you know understand everything. So, but one I think one developer did nothing else than understanding Whitefly. He uh, and he was in charge you know of Whitefly patches and he was really into it. For instance, so um so it's not that uncommon. Then it's such you know energy sector companies um, just would like you know to control the software completely from you know top to bottom. Yeah, well maybe that was the reason they were doing that. Um... But they had internal frameworks for everything. So and mm-hmm. they were encapsulating this ext JS code mm-hmm. in Java code. So we were creating the UI in Java code. And mm-hmm. most of the UI code, yeah, we, there was like more than one thousand lines to create a simple UI. This so, is how you this is your next sec, second project, how you how Vardin happened, right? So this is how you created the Vardin framework. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's a second project and you change, you know, the world twice. Amazon was the first and now Vardin happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um uh yeah, we were encapsulating uh, this uh EXTJS code in Java and also for uh doing the um database mm-hmm. manipulation we were using also internal framework of course. which wasn't wasn't as good as hibernate hibernate was much better and we were like every developer was just saying the same thing like why don't we use hibernate and it was funny because if you said the name of any framework from mm-hmm. the market in that company like people would know they would hate you which was interesting was weird like they were very against the mm-hmm. the market frameworks and okay. tools. so uh, yeah so it was an interesting experience had some fun there but then i went to another company how 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 much time you spent at the company one year okay better so it was uh, not twice as good as the the, the previous one right yes <laughs> And then the, the other company was more interesting because then we were working with more experienced developers. We were working in a more mature project. It was a financial uh, project. We were using entirely Java E. Okay. Uh, we were using GSF, AJB, um, CDI, and uh, uh, we were also using Eclipse Link. Okay. For uh, for. Um, Database manipulation. Then I assume we use Payaro, right? Or Glassfish? Uh, we were using... No. We were no? using Oracle. Oracle ah, okay. Um, also works with Eclipsing. Or Oracle Application Server. Yes. Yes, it was this one. It was was taking... Like, I remember that to start an application, it would take something around five minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was taking a long time. And any change we were doing the application, we would have to wait for that time. So, but Brazilian coffee is great, so this was uh, always opportunity to to get a coffee, right? Exactly. It wasn't that good <laughs> in the company. Like the the coffee machine wasn't that good, but oh. you know, you could you could get some coffee maybe outside. Um, but yeah, sometimes we used to do that. Like when yeah, to get a coffee yeah. outside, it started too fast. You know, you had to do to 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 add some sleep time. You know, but because it would start in fifteen minutes, then you have a chance to pick a coffee from outside. Five minutes is not enough. Exactly. Yeah. This is yes. why Corpus <laughs> developers are that healthy. You know, they don't they have no time to drink coffee. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Quarko is just so fast. Wow. Yeah. Technology evolved so much. 
Yeah. So. Uh, okay. How 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 much time you spend at this company? Almost three years in this company. I spent a wow. good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. It was. So it we was are talking now about good. 2016 or something. Uh, I started in this company in 2013 or 14. Yeah, yeah you see, 16, yeah. 17. Yeah, so it's almost you no, know, almost these days. And um, so you enjoy Java, and 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 and. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't really know that, that you are a Java E guy. So I, I thought you were more Java SE. I had no idea that you, had, you did a Java E actually. Oh, yeah, I did a lot of Java E. I did a lot of Java E. Um, and why you enjoy the Java E experience? Because it's very robust. It has everything you need for uh, an enterprise project. Uh -huh. And I learned a lot about design patterns, about how to create good code, uh -huh. how to use simple. Uh, Sorry, single uh, responsibility mm -hmm. uh, principle. Mm -hmm. How to, you know, not couple your code, how to separate uh, the business layer to the UI layer. And mm -hmm. um, you were able to create good software there. Like there was a good chain. There was people... Uh, and were your code lean or thin or more bloated, like, you know, lots of layers and mappers <laughs> or more like, you know, to the point pragmatic code so yeah so we kind of had a pragmatic uh, way to do our coding so we had the ui layer from mm -hmm. gsf mm -hmm. and then the jsf would communicate to the uh, resources mm -hmm. to the to the resource layer and then from the resource layer would communicate to the service and then from the service to the uh, repository or DAO. We were calling DAO at the time. So, so we had four layers. Resource means the GSF communicated remotely with JaxRS? Yes. Yes. Okay. We were doing, we were creating EJB services. Okay. Yes. Unusual yeah. for the time. I thought back then there was already JaxRS. I, I assumed you used JaxRS. And EJB remote services, you use basically RMI. RMI, yes. Okay. We were using RMI. And we were also doing some soap services sometimes uh, okay. people are consuming uh, those web services okay so it was was interesting like and I had very good view of what is a real software mm -hmm. by working in this project and why you quit the company or what was the next pro so both why you quit the company and what was your next project because uh, I had my goal. Since 2010, I had the goal of coming to Europe. Ah, so okay. uh, I decided, okay, I will stay in this company. I will, became, I will, I will become a senior software engineer. Uh, and then that's what I did. I became a uh, senior software engineer there. Uh -huh. And then I came to Ireland. And then um, I got a job here. Okay. So, yeah. So it, it was a good journey to... Uh, Get a job in Europe, and um, and you, and you and you stay now in the in the same position, the same job from from then. So since two thousand seventeen. No, 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 no. Never changed. When I came here, so I had to leave mm -hmm. the company in two thousand and seventeen. Mm -hmm. So I left the company because I was coming to Ireland, mm -hmm. and uh, then I studied English here mm -hmm. for four months. Okay. To uh, improve my fluency, because at mm -hmm. the time. I think I just had advanced level of uh, English, you mm -hmm. know, but I wasn't fluent. Mm -hmm. I was still struggling to 
talk fluently. But then with these four months course here I had in, in Dublin, uh-huh. it helped me a lot uh-huh. on my English skills. Uh-huh. And that was my plan, actually. I was going to have four months of English course, and then uh-huh. I was going to get uh, a job here as a software engineer. Okay. And what helped me a lot to get a job here was that I started sharing my knowledge. Uh-huh. And I started gaining some visibility. Okay. And of course, being involved in job user groups, that also helped me a lot. Okay. So you were you you were at the W Java user group, right? Yeah, so it was interesting because right before I come to Dublin, mm-hmm. uh, the Java user group leader from Dublin sent mm-hmm. an email to all Java user groups, I think. And then the, the So Java mm-hmm. uh, jug. Uh, so basically, they uh, they told me that here, file um, the drug leader from uh, Dublin is asking for some help. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can, you know, you can give some help. Maybe you can give a lightning talk or something like that. And then I started talking to the drug leader, mm-hmm. and uh, then you know, I I started getting more involved in the dub jug. Mm-hmm. And I helped to build their website. Um, and uh, what is the topic of your first talk at uh, Jack Dublin? Java challenges. Ah, Java challenges. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I start. I focused a lot on the Java challenges. So mm-hmm. for those what who is, don't know what what is it? So the Java challenges are uh, basically Java code quizzes, mm-hmm. where I carefully elaborate them to help Java developers to really master very important Java concepts. So mm-hmm. I explore uh, the object-oriented programming concepts such as polymorphism, inheritance, overloading, mm-hmm. uh, also important concepts such as what is a reference variable or mm-hmm. what is uh, a variable that you pass by value or or by reference, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also explore threads, concurrency, streams, records, virtual threads. So all of those concepts that are important for the Java language, uh, I elaborate a Java challenge mm-hmm. to strategically explore those concepts. And they are tricky. They are tricky. Um, because then it forces, I don't want to say forces, but um, it helps more developers to really understand these concepts. Mm-hmm. And you created the entire website by yourself? Mm, not really. I uh, Only the content. Mm-hmm. The content, yes. But uh, I hired a, uh, the service of a friend. So it started very in a very simple way. I just created a free account on WordPress in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then I started realizing that, okay, if I have the WordPress uh, app actually installed in a server, that will give me so much more, uh, so much more uh, possibilities. And then I hired uh, a friend to do that. Mm-hmm. And then he installs the WordPress uh, application, 
and now I'm able to do a lot more things. It's very mature. WordPress is just incredible. Uh-huh. Does so many things. Um, and but, so, but how yeah. how you got the idea for Java Challengers or? Yeah. So it's a long story, but um, what was happening was that uh, Yoland, so uh, you probably know her, but uh, for those who don't know Yoland, she was running the Java profile Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Yes. And uh, well, at this time, I started sharing uh, knowledge. So Mm -hmm. I was sharing knowledge about design patterns and um, concepts that I like about clean code. And I posted one of those design patterns articles Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And Yolande very kindly, she did a retweet on my uh, article. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was extremely grateful because I got so many likes on my article. Like it was almost 500 at the time. 500 was like crazy because I had very, very low engagement on Twitter. Very, very low engagement. And she was kind enough to do that. Um, and then uh, I wanted to, you know, help her mm-hmm. because she did that. And uh, at the time, uh, well, Bruno, is he, he is my mentor. And I asked, I was curious, I was just confused because I, I didn't know exactly what to do to, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to help. Mm-hmm. Yoland, I wanted you to help the job profile. And then Bruno told me, hey, help her creating content that she needs. And then I said, wow, that's an amazing insight. <laughs> yeah. That's an amazing but, insight. And this is a Bruno Souza you're speaking about. Bruno Souza, yes. Bruno yeah. Souza, yes. And then I saw that she created an interesting project called 100 Days of Java. Mm-hmm. Then I said, oh, my God, I will accept this challenge. I will create uh, 100 challenges. I will do that every day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did to uh, help her and also to, in a way, to say thank you to her. Mm-hmm. I started creating daily challenges, and it was a big success. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and uh, How successful was, was it? So what means big success? So. Big success, well, in, in a way that, uh, you know, I was getting visibility. Okay. I was getting visibility. Uh, it opened doors to me. It opened mm-hmm. a lot of doors. It mm-hmm. opened doors to give a talk here at Dubjug. Mm-hmm. It opened doors to give another, well, I gave talk at Dublin mm-hmm. and in Belfast here in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And um, it opened doors to me to... Uh, write articles for well-known websites like InfoWorld mm-hmm. or, yeah, so they're called as Info... It was Java World at the time, mm-hmm. but they changed to InfoWorld. Oh, Java World changed to InfoWorld. So it didn't yes. do that. Uh-huh. Yes, they changed to InfoWorld. And uh, I had the opportunity to write a book as well. Which What um, is the title of your book? Java Challengers. Mm-hmm. It's the same name. Okay. So and we can already um, um, order the book, or is it? Yes. Yes, it's available. Yes, definitely. Okay. And golden lessons as as well as well, right? 
Yes, in the Golden Essence book. Great story. So. Because the um, the Bruno Sosa is also, you know, completely... Um, um, he likes, you know, the Golden Lessons story. Oh, yeah. Does he? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, no, not Golden Lessons. We had a chat. Uh, is this about the Golden... Oh, the Golden Circle. Circle. I wanted to say Golden Triangle, but it was the Circle. <laughs> And, circle, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we had a lot of chat about that, and um, yeah, there was another theory. So, um, are your golden lessons, you know, related to golden circle, or is just the color? <laughs> no, it's just the color. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so the golden lessons book. Well, it's 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 funny because it also was born from Yuland. So, Yuland uh -huh. yes, Pohier was her last name, right? This was the. Yolande Pohier. Exactly. She ran the Twitter uh, account and she was very involved in the Java Java One community. She was uh, really involved and, and really nice and yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she's not uh, she's not running the Java profile anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, well basically what happened was that uh, Yolande told me she mm -hmm. sent a message to me and she said, Hey, Raphael, uh, I know that you got a job in Europe. Why don't you create an article mm -hmm. uh, explaining what you did to get a job in Europe? Because there, was, there are so many people who want the same mm -hmm. that uh, I think it would be very interesting for you to create an article about that. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I did. I started creating an article mm -hmm. uh, and there was those lessons. Okay. But... I was writing the articles and, you know, uh, there was 27 lessons. There was so many lessons. And then I said, okay, like this is almost becoming a book. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to publish that as an article. And then I started thinking, okay, so why not 100 lessons then? Mm -hmm. like I, can, I can include 100 lessons that I learned um, that helped me in my career to get a job in Europe. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I can create a book. And uh, then that's what I did. I uh, wrote 100 lessons that helped me in my career. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is that those lessons are not only for IT. So they're very generic. Mm -hmm. So those lessons can be applied in any kind of career. Mm -hmm. So so now the question is to, to our listeners. What is the most important lesson? If you pick one wow. of the book. <laughs> I would say take action. Mm -hmm. Take action because none of the lessons will change anything in your life if you don't take any action. Yeah. So they, this is one of the action this is one of the, the, the lessons of the book. Take action. Because if you are there only thinking uh, and not taking any action towards your goals, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Doesn't matter if you have all the knowledge in the world. Nothing will happen. Yeah, absolutely right. I think this is what many developers are doing. They are they are brilliant, but no one knows about that, right? That that that's the problem. Exactly. And 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 uh, if you have managers, they they cannot even estimate, you know, how good you are. If you if you cannot communicate, you will always lose. This is uh, the problem in IT. I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you doing right now? You are still coding Java. Or, you know, you are just uh, became uh, now the CTO of Vardin combined with Amazon <laughs> and a uh, bookseller, you know. Uh, 
still coding or what's the deal right now, Rafael? Oh, I'm still coding. Yeah. I'm software Java? engineer at Mastercard. Yeah, Java. Yes. Mastercard. Yeah. That's nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working as software engineer at Mastercard, and uh, it's fun. You know, we are working with Spring there. Mm -hmm. uh, we are um, doing microservices as well. They're mm -hmm. using an interesting tool called PCF, Pivotal Cloud Foundry. Mm -hmm. And uh, this tool abstracts a lot of the, the cloud computing, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. If you want to only focus on the code, mm -hmm. this helps you. This is like the SIM generator, right? This is the next version. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit different because PCF is more focused on infrastructure. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's totally focused on infrastructure. So you just deploy your application there. Uh-huh. Joe was just kidding. <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, they still enjoy Java, basically, right? Which, which Java version are you using right oh, now? Oh, yeah. We are, unfortunately, we are using Java 11. We should be using Java 17. Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, 11, but um, I spend a lot of time with Java 17, and this is really hard to go back. This is the problem. Because you use, you know, small things with Java 17, and you cannot just, you know, go back. Because, you know, instead of using um, collect collectors to list, you just write to list, for instance. And and the small things which are not available in Java 11, that that's a problem. Or, in you know, uh, text blocks, I think is also not available in Java 11. Text blocks, yes. Yeah, this is a huge, you know, if you would like to write some JSON or test or whatever. Yeah, so it's much better to use text blocks. So, so much better. So you're still in Java. And, and oh, you're yeah. working, you're still working on Challenger's website? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, nowadays I'm more focused on writing articles uh, about algorithms concepts. But okay. I'm writing those articles with Java. So, you know, I'm writing about data structures, queues, uh, stacks, uh, graphs, mm -hmm. the depth search first algorithm, mm -hmm. Brett, uh, the, 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 the other graph algorithm. So, all of those things because. Uh, what you're what... doing, I, I know what you're doing. You, you, you picked, you know, your, your, uh, your materials from your study, what you did, you know, the algorithms without programming language, and now you implemented whatever you learned in Java, right? So it's like, okay, well, look what he said. This was the homework assignment, you know, 20 years ago. Now hack it down with Java, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was learning that in college, but I wasn't. Yeah, you I told me learning... that, that, that you, were, you were learning algorithms without programming language, you know? So you learned the algorithms, yes. and now you just, just you read, you know, the old stuff and write it with Java, right? Well, yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. And this is your own portal. It's like um, you are doing this still for fun, or you, my, wh why are you keeping, you know, doing this? Well, yeah, for fun uh -huh. as well. Um, and um, well, I funny that we mentioned about the golden circle uh -huh. because my why behind the scenes is that I want to make people break their limits. Uh -huh. Because that's what I did. I had to break a lot of limitations that I had. Mm -hmm. So I had the limitation that I was only technical. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do anything else. And it wasn't only my limitation. It was the limitation. Like other people also believed. And they told me, hey, Rafael, you're only technical. Mm -hmm. Like you won't, you won't go beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I had to break my own limitations because I believed. 
that I was purely technical. And, you know, purely technical person can't give a talk. Purely technical person can't do other things beyond coding. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to break this limitation because it was really ingrained in me that mm -hmm. I was a purely technical person. And uh, then, then I learned that, okay, I can break a limitation that I have. Mm -hmm. I wanted mm -hmm. to make other people break their own limitations because I was feeling that I was kind of in a, in a cage, yeah. you know, because I couldn't go beyond that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the things I wanted in my career and in my life. And so that's my why behind the scenes. I wanted to make people, uh, to help people break their limitations. The Java challenges is a way to break their limitations, to learn, uh, like more deeply those uh, Java concepts and help uh, also to help them to get Java cer uh, certification. Mm -hmm. um, and I also write some articles about career. Mm -hmm. So I tell developers on how important it is to share their knowledge, to start giving talks. I know it's it's a difficult situation. It's very difficult, very hard to give a talk, but they can start small. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> I help developers in their careers as well. Okay. So it's a very similar to Bruno Souza almost. He also you know, spent a lot of time with that. It's similar, yeah. And I actually started doing mentorship as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm do I've been doing that for almost three years now. Cool. So, and my mentees had really good results. Like, uh, and I, I, I was... I'm just teaching them on how to break their limitations, like just how I did it with myself. Like but I uh, the, the, the limits are interesting, right? Because uh, I, I would say the the easiest way to overcome limits is just you know to observe how something works, and then you say, okay, there are actually no limits, right? So you have to be somehow realistic because there are limits, hard limits, but they are far far away usually so uh, until you reach the real limit you know you can achieve a lot i would say and uh and and this basically there we have to 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 admit you know our life uh has you know a lifespan at if we shouldn't waste it yes. and just go whatever possible do whatever possible and um and yeah there are no limits actually you're right right there are never limits because uh limits is just you know your imagination i would say it's your imagination. It's yourself, and yeah, face, you facing limit. yourself, facing yourself is the hardest thing ever. You're always your biggest enemy, and I know how hard it is to overcome those challenges, those limitations, because you need someone to 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 show you the path. You know, you need someone to that you see and you 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 notice. Okay, this is possible to do. For example, mm -hmm. Bruno so Bruno Souza was. Uh, the person who showed me that, okay, this is possible to do. Mm -hmm. Bruno Souza really, really inspired me in my career. So uh, that was a game changer to me. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. It, and this is one of the lessons of the book. Uh, one of the lessons of the book is to go to conferences. And this made such a big difference to go to conference because by going there, I saw so many amazing people Mm -hmm. And I saw that, okay, it's possible to achieve big in your career. Mm -hmm. Because I see this person talking and he's saying, okay, this is possible. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
and uh, Bruno Solis specifically, he inspired me a lot. But interesting part as well is we had a lot of fun at conferences as well, you know. This is not like, it, it sounds like it is a hard achievement to go to a conference. You can go to conference, le learn a lot, and have fun. This is what, oh, yeah. what's, what's great. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was also inspiration to me because... Conferences were a huge inspiration for me as well. I remember you know, the, the very first Java one. It was incredible. If I saw this, I say, uh, I would really like to speak one day, right? But I, I applied for Java one talks for seven years and then at the end it worked. But it was also mission impossible. But I just kept trying. I was like, who cares? One time I will speak, you know? And um, yeah, interesting. Uh, Raphael, where people can find you and uh, how they can buy your books and uh, javachallenges.com without any dashes. This is your website. So they it looks really great. I would say the images are great. Wow. The articles are great. So I really like it. I'm, I um, it, it looks fresh. And um, so the articles are ChatGPT, JCP, um, how to work successfully for a small company, streams, win, max, Java challenge. So really interesting. So I this... Completely fresh look at Java, right? Completely different perspective. So now the home assignment to all listeners of the podcast, they have at, le at least, you know, take a look at javachallenges.com and read an article, right? And push themselves. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, push themselves. Like Break their limits. Break your <laughs> limits. And it Break looks limits, that the design yes. is also great, you know. It is, um, how to call it? It is serious, but nice. This is how I can tell, so... Wow, thank you so much. I feel honored by your words. That's amazing. And, uh, and, and yes, also yeah. another assignment, you know, they should follow you on Twitter, right? And uh, write you nice things about Java challenges. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can go to the Java Challengers website mm -hmm. and you're going to find everything there. You're going to find all of my books. You're going to find there is awesome free content there as well. How do people uh, should buy your book? Should they buy it at Amazon? Should buy it from the website? What is the best possible way to support you? On Amazon. Amazon. On Amazon. Amazon for the golden lessons. Yeah, because because you wrote the book anyway. Uh, Amazon anyway, right? So because you wrote Amazon. <laughs> yes, this project. I wrote, yeah. <laughs> now I wrote should, the whole system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, with, with the generator. This was the, the, the golden push button, right? No, no? this was the... the, the <laughs> The golden action was it right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So cool. yeah, yeah. There is all the links. You can just go to javachallengers.com, and yeah. there are all the links there uh, for the golden lessons, the Java Challengers book. There are a lot of content there about career, and there are more than one hundred Java challenges on the Java Challengers website. So there's a lot of content about Java, about career. And yeah, pretty much about that. So thank you a lot. It was fun to talk with you. Really, it was a, a nice journey. Thank you so much, Adam. Wow, I'm so honored to be here. And uh, yeah, amazing. Really happy to be here.